0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Morrissey Movement, the purpose of this podcast is to discuss and share one aspect of fitness and one aspect of medicine. Being a general surgeon and a garage gym athlete, I have a strong passion for both of these aspects of life. So sit back and enjoy the show. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. I am in no way forming a patient-doctor relationship. While the aspects discussed in this podcast are medically accurate, you should always discuss with your doctor any questions that you may have about the content. You should always discuss with your doctor before starting any new exercise or dietary changes. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Dr. Chris Morrissey back with another episode of the Morrissey Movement. Hope everyone has been enjoying everything so far. This week's episode is episode number seven. Um, So what we're going to be discussing today, I'm kind of just, this topic sort of overlaps medicine and fitness. So I'm just going to be focusing on one thing today, which is going to be heart rate zones. Uh, There's been a lot of talk in the literature lately and on the internet about heart rate zone training. And, um, so I thought I would just kind of break some things down for you today regarding heart rate zones and how to, how to utilize them for training and everything like that. So, um, also thank you for the positive feedback, the five-star reviews I've been receiving. That's really awesome. So I really appreciate it with everybody uh, doing that for me. So anyway, let's go ahead and jump right into the, uh, the episode. So, um, again, I'm going to discuss the different heart rate zones. Now there is a couple different charts that are used some people use the four zone for heart rate I prefer the um, five different zones for heart rate training so um, I'm going to do a little brief about heart rate in general then we'll talk about the zones and then kind of go from there so um, during physical activity your heart rate does increase which is meaning that the heart is performing more beats per minute to meet the demand to deliver oxygenated blood around the body into the working muscles According to the American Heart Association, or the AHA, uh, there are many long-term health benefits associated with regular exercise that elevates the heart rate, including improved circulation, lower blood pressure, lower levels of bad cholesterol, otherwise known as LDL cholesterol, and also reduced risk of heart disease and stroke. The heart is a muscle, it's also an organ, but it's mainly a muscle, and conditioning it to work more effectively with exercise also will lower your resting heart rate, which is a marker for good health. So what's a normal heart rate for the average adult? Um, It's anywhere between 60 to 100 beats per minute. There was a study published in 2013 in the Heart Journal that found an elevated resting heart rate is not only an indicator of poor physical fitness but also a risk factor for increased mortality using the heart rate as a training metric is an effective method to improve health and fitness and it's not a new concept according to the american council on exercise or a c e it's an accurate way to gauge how hard the body is working during exercise in order to get the associated cardiovascular benefits without putting a strain on your system so next thing i'm going to do is i'm going to go through the heart rate zones a little bit in detail uh, so I like I said before I like the five zone system so what are these zones so zone number one is 50 to 60 percent of your maximum heart rate so this zone requires the least amount of effort and may be used for a warm-up and a cool-down or for active recovery sessions when exercising for longer periods of time at a lower intensity you would typically be in the upper end of this zone it is a good range for improving overall health prior to exercising in the higher heart rate zones. So that's going to be zone one. Zone two, which is 60 to 70% of your maximum heart rate. This is also known as the temperate zone. Um, I like to call it the money zone. This is one of my favorite zones to train. Uh, Physical activity at the 60 to 70% mark helps you build endurance and takes the body into a fat burning mode. In this zone, 85% of calories you burn are actually from fat according to one source. Um, so when remaining in the lower end of the range, it is possible to sustain exercise for longer. This is also the optimal zone for again, burning fat. I'll be doing a separate podcast on zone two training because it's a huge topic and it's one that I really enjoy discussing. So I will do this on a different day. Um, I use this in my, uh, training at least once a week. Um, On usually typically Monday over lunch I'll do what I call a MAF Monday MAF and we'll talk about that here again in a little bit so basically I'll go on a very long zone two run anywhere between 60 to 90 minutes covering anywhere between four to six miles depending on how much time I have so it's just a good um, heart rate zone to train in you know it elevates your your floor of your endurance, so actually you can actually r- run faster by training slower, which is sort of counterintuitive. But more on this to come. <clears throat> zone three is 70 to 80 percent of your heart rate. This is the optimum zone for improving fitness and building muscle strength. Exercise at 70 to 80 percent of your maximum heart rate is aerobic, still meaning the body is using oxygen for fuel rather than any other energy source. <coughs> Excuse me. If it is an effective heart rate zone for improving cardiorespiratory capacity, the ability to take it and deliver more oxygen around the body, so over time this enables you to exercise for longer. Zone 4, which is going to be upper 80 to 90% of your maximum heart rate, this is going to be short, intense bursts of exercise, and this is considered anaerobic exercise. So this is where the body uses glucose that's stored in the muscle for fuel rather than oxygen. So Glucose is actually stored in a form called glycogen, so this has to get broken down into glucose, which is then used for fuel. Anaerobic exercise helps to, be, to build lean muscle mass, increases the body's resistance to lactic acid buildup, and also boosts metabolism and increases speed and power. According to the ACE, anaerobic training also enhances ex- excess post-exercise oxygen consumption effect, meaning you continue to burn calories during the post-exercise recovery period. Zone five will be the final zone. Um, this is actually 90% plus of your maximum heart rate. So, exercise drills in this zone are incredibly challenging and can only be sustained for up to a few minutes, if not seconds, at a time. Elite athletes train in this zone to increase fast twitch muscle fibers, which develop speed. So, those are the five heart rate zones. Um, you know, there's different training protocols for doing. To maximize these different zones depending on your goals, um, you know, one you hear about a lot is you know CrossFit or the high-intense um, exercise where they kind of typically hit zone four and zone five for um, repetitive days in a row. I feel this is somewhat detrimental to health, so you just have to balance it out with some lower-zone training as well. So, so now that we've talked about the heart rate zones themselves, how do we determine what your heart rate zone or what your maximum heart rate is per say so the oldest one that's been around the longest is um, a fairly simple calculation you take 220 minus your age and that'll give you your maximum heart rate in in a beats per minute so then what you do is you multiply that number by the percentile to kind of figure out where your zones are um, I personally don't like this way I um, I feel if you're completely brand new to exercise and you haven't exercised at all, you can use this to start with, but as you become more of a seasoned athlete, you should probably switch to a different one, which is one that I'm going to talk about in a minute. Um, As far as exercise in general, the government guidelines advise that all adults should have at least 150 minutes of moderate intense exercise or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity aerobic exercise per week, which actually is not really a whole lot. Um, There was an article in 2019 review that was published in the Department of Physiology and Cell Biology confirmed that challenging the heart with physical activity decreases cardiovascular risk factors and improves cardiovascular function by inducing changes in oxygen delivery, vasculature, peripheral tissue, and also inflammation. So again, just just giving a reason why you need to get up and start moving around and get some exercise in. So there's another formula that I personally like to use. Um, It is called the MAF, M-A-F. It's called the MAF 180 formula. So this enables athletes to find their ideal maximum aerobic heart rate in which to base all aerobic training. When exceeded, this number indicates a rapid transition towards anaerobic work. So how do you figure this one out? This one takes a little bit more work to determine, but again, I still personally feel it is... um, one of the better ways to determine this so the math 180 which math stands for maximum aerobic function um <clears throat> you start with the number 180 and you subtract your age And then there's a few categories you can modify what your number is going to be so if you are recovering from a major illness such as heart disease if you've had a recent operation or a recent hospital stay if you're doing some sort of rehab um, if you're on a lot of regular medications or if you're actually in chronic overtraining or burnout you want to subtract an additional 10 from this number that you get and next the next criteria is if you're injured or if you've regressed or not improved in your training such as poor um, Arabic function testing or competition, if you typically get more than two colds or influenza throughout the year, if you have really bad seasonal allergies or asthma, if you're overweight, or if you're in stage one or two of overtraining, or if you've been inconsistent with your training, um, subtract an additional five. So um the next little criteria is if you've been training consistently at least 4 times a week for up to 2 years without any problems mentioned in the first two bullet points that i made you just leave this number alone you don't do anything so it's just 180 minus your age and that's what the number will be and then if you've been training for more than 2 years without any problems and you've made some good progress then you can add 5 to this number um There's a few exemptions as well. The MAF 180 formula may need to be further individualized for athletes over the age of 65. For some, up to 10 beats may have to be added for those only in category D of the formula, which is the adding five if you've been training really well over the past few years. Um, Athletes 16 years of age and under, the formula is not really applicable. Um, So this is kind of mainly for adults to be used. Um, So I'll give you an example. So, for me, I'm 45 years old. So, I take the number 120 minus 45, so that gives you 135 beats. Um, I've actually been training for about four to five years now, so I haven't had any major hospitalizations. Okay, I did have COVID really bad back in October, but um, other than that, I've been fine. So, I actually added five to my number. So, my upper limit of my heart rate is going to be 140 to 141, and then um, once you get your upper limit, then you subtract 10 to 12 to give you your lower range of this. So this is gonna be primarily calculating for your zone two training. Um, So I use 130 as my lower number and um, I actually have a Garmin Fenix 6 and so I made a workout setting on there and I called it a MAF run. So when I'm gonna go for a long run on Mondays, I just click on that and then my watch will alert me when I am under that zone and if I'm out of that zone. So. That's just an example of how to use this. Um, so again, math 180 minus your age for the upper limit, then subtract 10 to 12, and that's your lower limit. So those are your ranges for that. Um, the story behind the math 180 formula, I got a lot of my information from Dr. Phil Maffetone who kind of really studied this and has some really good books on um, marathon training. Uh, the heart rate, so there's the story. So the heart rate is a direct reflection of the body's oxygen need. The relationship between one heartbeat and the next is associated with what's called heart rate variability which reflects parasympathetic nervous system function this is an important factor that professionals can use to assess the heart health and for athletes to evaluate recovery from training and from racing Uh, the heart has a built-in mechanism of nerves that controls its own rhythm to maintain a heart rate of around 70 80 beats per minute or so but the brain through the action of the autonomic nervous system and various other hormones can compel the heart to produce a wide range of heart rates based on the body's needs. This rate can be as low as 30 to 40 in those with great aerobic functioning to as high as 220 or higher in young athletes during all out efforts. Training at various intensities affects both posture and gait. The greater the anaerobic work, the more distorted the body's mechanics become. These changes are due in part to previously existing muscle imbalances and muscle performs that development during the workout so when you're doing math training you there's a mantra you basically say called keep it slow so it should be noted that math training requires you to only run slow for the first few months of the program then as you improve your training your aerobic system becomes more efficient and the slow twitch muscle fibers and if you throw speed sessions into the mix too soon you'll disrupt the whole process basically wasting all the time that you've spent building up running slowly so in keeping with the program long enough you will eventually reach your former pace but your heart rate will be much lower than it was when you started the math training which is ultimately healthier so once you reach this level you can reincorporate the speed work into your training schedule and your speed will be there when you need it when you enter races or time trials Another benefit seen of math training is the fact that running slowly is a great way to avoid injuries. This is especially good for new runners as the desire to run fast can be overwhelming at times. If you have a set heart rate for your runs though, you can't go too fast, therefore saving yourselves from potential energies and overtraining. So, um, so again, like I said, I'm gonna go over zone two training more in detail later on because it's a huge thing and i'm a big fan of this so i'll be covering this in a separate podcast so my references for this today was LifeScience.com, science.com and runningmagazine.ca um so I hope everybody enjoyed the little brief thing about heart rate zones. I was going to make it a little bit shorter today, um, but I just wanted to introduce this because a lot of people don't understand how it works all the time. Um, so one thing you can do for yourself, if you don't have a uh, a smartwatch, you know, Apple Apple Watch actually there's a really good app you can download called zones that will actually you can set it up on your phone and you can calculate either zone four or four zones or five zone for heart rate and then it'll monitor your workouts um you know and you can set it and it's pretty accurate i used to have that before i switched over to garmin um but i feel garmin is a little bit more accurate and it collects way more data which i'm more interested in um so I do wear a chest strap with the Garmin Phoenix 6, which is annoying at times. But once you do it a lot, I'm actually used to it. And to me, it feels weird not to have the Garmin, or I'm sorry, not to have the chest strap when I'm wearing it, so. So, you know, hopefully everybody with the new year has decided to get more healthy, um, get up and start moving. You know, there's tons of different programs out there. There's different, tons of different kinds of gyms. Um, what I would like each and everybody to do is just pick some sort of challenge that you want to do, whether it's the, you know, drink more water challenge, try to set an amount of water to drink per day. Um, the protein challenge where you just track your macros and try to take in as much protein as you can to, um, better increase your diet and make it more healthy. Um, you know, currently in the garage gym athlete community, we're doing the 200 slash 300 challenge where, um, you decide what your work training goals are for the year and you try to match that. So for me personally, I'm doing, I'm gonna try for the 300 level three, which what that means is, so the 300 challenge level one is gonna be, you try to get 300 training sessions in, in a year. So, you know, when you, when it comes down to it, if you train six days a week times 52 weeks, that ends up being about 312 training sessions. So you could, you know, about one week a month you could pick and only do five training sessions a week if you want to do that so that's level one level two you actually go up to not only do you train 300 sessions a year but then you also train 300 minutes per week um so for those of you that don't math good if you do an hour workout five times a week that equals 300 minutes um so that that would get you into the level two category for the challenge and then level three is you have to do 300 workouts in a year plus 300 minutes a week, plus each and every workout that you do, you've got to burn at least 300 calories. So um, each level does increase in difficulty, um, but uh, it's a good challenge for people to try to do. I Like I said, I personally i am going to try for level three if I can. Um, and again, wearing the Garmin it tracks your calories, and it does a really good job. So, so far, week one, I've done well and I've made it. Um, I'm also going to do a, um, another challenge within the garage gym athletic community. Uh, there's one of the meet-yourself Saturday workouts we do called the um, EO3 5K. So the EO3 5K is where you, there's six rounds. So you run 800 meters and then after the 800 meters then you do three rounds of five push-ups 10 setups 15 air squats so you do that three times and you go out and run another 800 meters and come back and do that so you do that for a full six rounds once that's over then you rest for three minutes and then you run slash sprint 100 meters and then you rest one minute and you sprint 100 meters again and that is the workout so basically you're doing a 5k but you're breaking it up with calisthenics as well so me and another guy in the community mark bishop Um, He actually came up with the idea and I jumped on the bandwagon with him. So I'm going to try to complete this every week with him um, just to kind of give us a new challenge also to do throughout the week. So that'll be one of my workouts for the week is to do that. So, um, you know, I think it's really important to people to set challenges and goals, you know, and it doesn't have to be crazy. Like I talked about last time about the all or none principle, you know, it doesn't have to be big. Just make it small. Start little, make small changes. And then move on to something larger. So before too long, you'll be crushing your goals. But um, don't try to change everything at once. Don't change diet. Don't change sleep, exercise, water, caffeine, everything. Because it'll just end up not working. So pick one thing, do it for a month, go on to something else. I think that's the best way to get everything done. So anyway, thanks for listening. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed it. And again, please feel free to leave up to a five star review. I really appreciate it. That'll help reach more listeners. And also, if there's any topics that anybody would like to listen to, please feel free to email me at any time at themorrisymovement.com. And I, I'm sorry, themorrisymovement at gmail.com. And I would be more than happy to get those on the show and talk about them. You know, I keep coming up with more things, but it would be nice to hear some feedback from some listeners. So, all right, everybody, have a great week. And remember, movement is the best medicine.